Welcome to episode five, our final episode in our Pelvic Floor podcast series. In this episode, we chat about exactly how pregnancy and childbirth impact the pelvic floor muscles. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Hello and welcome to the fifth episode, the final episode in this Pelvic Floor podcast series. Today we are chatting about the impacts that pregnancy and birth have on the pelvic floor muscles. And I know that you will have the greatest appreciation for the human body after today's episode. We'll discuss how much the pelvic floor is under load during pregnancy, how far this muscle can stretch during vaginal delivery, and why having a C-section does not mean you won't need to do your pelvic floor exercises. Today, we'll also hear from Pregnancy Posse members Kate and Bryony about their experience with pelvic floor recovery after birth and their best tips and tricks to share with those women who are currently pregnant. And I think you'll really enjoy hearing their stories and advice. After listening to this entire series, if you do want or need further guidance and support for your pelvic floor during pregnancy, I encourage you to join me inside the Pregnancy Posse community. You will have access to pelvic floor friendly workouts, resources on pelvic floor dysfunction, and you can ask me all of your burning questions each week. You can find out more by visiting thepregnancyposse.com where you can trial it for seven days. Now, today's thoughts are inspired by an email I read from Lorraine Murphy a few months back, and it spoke about the concept of eating poo. (laughs) Yep, that's right. Imagine any hard, long or difficult task or problem in your life right now as poo. Now, nobody wants to eat poo, right? But if you had to eat it, you most definitely wouldn't want to nibble on it, would you? No, you'd want to shove it right in your mouth and get that poo down quicker than ever so that the pain was over and done with ASAP. Now think about how that might apply to your life right now. So where are you nibbling on poo rather than just eating it all in one go? A few examples popped up for me. I find I'm frustrated every night picking up a thousand tiny pieces of puzzles and toys in the lounge room, things my kids don't even play with, but just like to empty out onto the floor. And this is most definitely an example of me nibbling on poo. So instead, I'm going to do a massive toy overhaul and clear out and minimize the amount of toys we have out in the first place. I'm going to eat that poo all in one go. (laughs) Another example is my spice rack. Every time I need something, I have to search for 10 minutes through my absolutely deplorable makeshift spice rack. And I always knock something on the floor or get scattered and frustrated because I can't find it. And then I shove it all back into the same messy place I found it. Now that is a poo nibble if I've ever seen it. (laughs) So instead, I'm going to eat it all at once, do a complete overhaul and start a better spice rack system. (laughs) Now, easy examples, but I'd love to know where are you nibbling on poo right now? This is some gross food for thought today, but hey, what a better way to wrap up a podcast series. So cheers to poo and let's learn more about how pregnancy and childbirth can impact the pelvic floor. To round up our pelvic floor series, we are going to discuss the changes that happen to the pelvic floor during pregnancy and after birth. I think it is super important to understand exactly what our pelvic floor endures during pregnancy and birth so that we truly appreciate this muscle and do it a really good service of resting well and looking after ourselves after birth. 
In pregnancy, we know that we are going to gain some weight. So the average weight gain is 10 to 15 kilos, which is a lot more pressure on the pelvic floor than pre-pregnancy. I'm going to talk you through a really great visual that I use when consulting clients face-to-face to help them really appreciate this fact. So imagine I'm holding one end of a towel and that you are holding the other. So it looks like a small hammock in between us. Now the towel is your pelvic floor muscles. Now let's start throwing some weighted objects on this towel. Let's put three and a half kilos on and that will represent your baby. Now let's chuck another one and a half kilos on to represent your expanded uterus and another one and a half kilos for the amniotic fluid, maybe just a small 500 gram weight for the growing breast tissue, another one kilo weight for the placenta. (laughs) Now you can imagine how this hammock is looking now, a little stretchier and a little lower than before. Oh, and let's not forget, let's just throw in an extra three to four kilo weight to represent increased blood volume and fluid. (laughs) Now, can you understand why we need to look after our pelvic floor muscles during pregnancy? So whether you have symptoms or not, the pelvic floor undergoes a lot of changes and is under a great deal of load during these life stages. Now, not only are we dealing with increased weight gain during pregnancy, but we also have a lot of hormonal changes. Hello, mood swings, heartburn, vaginal discharge, back pain, just to name a few of the lovely things we may experience due to changes in hormones. But specifically, there is a softening in the ligaments inside our pelvis, which means we want our muscles to be upping their support to compensate for this fascial softening. Now, during pregnancy, we also have an increased chance of being constipated. (laughs) Yay! If managed poorly, this can lead to straining on the toilet, which, by the way, is a big no-no and definitely a topic for another day. Straining on the toilet further increases the load on your pelvic floor muscles. Oh, and then we'll add in morning sickness and vomiting, particularly for those women who are unlucky enough to experience this for a long time in their pregnancy, if not the entire length. Vomiting places such an enormous load on your pelvic floor, and it is just another reason why we need to look after these muscles at all stages throughout pregnancy. There is nothing quite as humbling as throwing your entire guts up over the toilet bowl and then proceeding to realize that you have wet yourself. (laughs) Now, other factors that affect the pelvic floor during pregnancy are change in posture, weakening of the abdominal muscles and abdominal separation, also known as DRAM. So as your tummy expands during pregnancy, you will naturally start to widen in the midline of your abdominal muscles, which leads to this abdominal separation. Now, please do keep in mind that this is 100% normal for all women at the end of their pregnancy. So it's not something we're trying to avoid, just something that we want to be mindful of and ensure we are not making any worse than necessary. But because of this widening in combination with weakening of the core muscles and an increase in the lower back curve, this can affect the load and pressures that are transmitted to the pelvic floor muscles. So it's again, just another reason why we want to stay strong down there in our pelvic floor. Now, wow, that's all the factors that can affect the pelvic floor just during pregnancy. We haven't even got to birth yet. So before I chat about birth, let's keep this in mind. This information is 100% not designed to scare you. It's not designed to put you off ever having another baby. It is not designed for that at all. So it is designed to inform you and educate you and to remind you of what does happen to the pelvic floor to motivate and encourage you to participate in your pelvic floor exercises and reduce your chances of having any issues with your pelvic floor later in life. So most women will travel throughout their pregnancies with no awareness of their pelvic floor despite all the changes that are happening. But I want you You ladies, you ladies who are motivated enough to be listening to this podcast, who want to stay informed and do all that they can during their pregnancies, I want you to be on the front foot. 
to start the work before there are any issues if they do pop up at all. So please don't be fearful. Use this knowledge to arm you to go and do the work. Now, let's chat about birth and how this can affect your pelvic floor muscles too. In a vaginal delivery, the pelvic floor muscles can stretch up to two to two and a half times their resting length. Now, let's just stop for a moment to consider that. No other muscle in the body can do that without breaking. So how incredible is our pelvic floor? They are designed to do this, to allow a baby to journey through the birth canal and be delivered earthside. But let's keep this in mind when we can't be bothered doing our pelvic floor exercises after birth because we need to treat those muscles kindly and rehab them back to base because they have been through a lot. Now, if you've had any perineal tears or an episiotomy, then we do need to consider that these muscles will have scar tissue and healing to factor in as well. So another important reason to rehab them properly after birth. But what about my C-section ladies? Do you just get off (laughs) scot-free? Sorry, no ma'am, because guess what? You've still been pregnant. So whilst the C-section doesn't directly affect the pelvic floor muscles the same way a vaginal delivery will, you still have all the same factors during pregnancy apply. So I really try to educate my C-section mamas on pelvic floor rehab because I think a lot of these women slip through the cracks because often you won't have any symptoms of pelvic floor weakness. Plus, you're often not advised in hospital or by health professionals to worry about your pelvic floor. And so often these C-section mamas don't do much in the way of pelvic floor strengthening, but I 100% think they should be. So I always tell my clients to think of their menopausal selves if it's not quite motivating enough to do your pelvic floor exercises as a preventative approach. So whilst this is a pregnancy-related podcast, let's just have a quick little chat about how to look after your pelvic floor muscles in the early days after birth. I think it's so important to think about the what's next phase. So many of my ladies tell me that they studied all the pregnancy and birth books, but they never even thought about what happens after birth. So I am so passionate about helping to educate women about postpartum topics whilst you are still pregnant, not to overwhelm, but again, just to inform you so that you know what to keep an eye out for and what to be prepared for. We're going to cut now to my interview with Pregnancy Posse member Kate, who shares about her postpartum journey and recovery with pelvic floor rehab. And I think this is a really great story for you all to hear because Kate had a fairly straightforward pregnancy and immediate recovery after birth and felt great and it wasn't until she started exercising 12 weeks postnatally that she then started to notice some pelvic floor issues. So I think this is really, really valid for those women who think they feel great and amazing and they can jump straight back into it. That's a really good reminder that it doesn't always mean your pelvic floor is ready. So Kate discusses her symptoms of prolapse and what she did to try and improve these symptoms and get better. And it is a happy story. So don't worry about that. She also discusses the importance of horizontal rest and how much that made a difference in her postpartum recovery. And she also gives us her best tip to help an episiotomy scar. So enjoy this snippet of Kate and I's interview. 12 weeks postnatal, Chloe was sleeping through the night and everyone's telling me that's fantastic, you must feel great. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, I do feel good. Like, this is amazing. I'm going to start walking and I'm going to try and lose the baby weight. Like, I was um, very active kind of pre-pregnancy and all through pregnancy, I was doing swimming classes up until four days before birth. And so I was keen to get back into exercise. So 12 weeks postnatal, we started walking, um, pushing the pram. Chloe would have been around the six kilo mark, I suppose, and the pram is around 12 kilos. And so that's 
18 kilos that I was pushing up and down hills and around corners. Um, we have a husky. I would often take the husky as well. And so that's a lot of, are so challenging on your core, but you don't really realise until problems present. So um, I was walking for an hour and then I started walking for two hours and that's when the problems kind of kicked in. That's when I noticed um, a sinking feeling, an ache, my lower back was so sore. And what really got to me was when I was sitting on the floor playing with Chloe, just sitting cross-legged on the floor, it hurt. Mm. Like it felt like something was not protruding but just like there that wasn't mm. usually there, um, almost like a bruising sensation. And I was thinking that's probably not from birth, like that's probably pelvic floor related. And so that's when I went to see a women's health physio and, and got on the path of recovery. I was thinking, you know, here I am 16 weeks postnatal um, and I'm exercising and her guidance was just like, no, stop. Like the reason that you have this sinking feeling is that the muscles are not strong enough yet to support this level of exercise. And so the first consult that I had with her, um, it was just kind of gathering all the information on um, what exactly my concerns were. But then the take home was rest. So, and I was thinking, so, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes. And she said, no, like half an hour minimum, mm. at least two times a day. Mm. Um, so I got into the habit then of when Chloe laid down for a nap, I laid down as well. So I started reading and I guess I just had to kind of change my outlook on life a little bit into slowing down and actually recovering from giving birth. If you could go back to day one post-birth, Kate, is there any advice you would give her or any tips or tricks now that you've been through it all and you're out the other side, what would you tell her day one to be doing to look after herself? Definitely lay down. You feel like you're resting when you're sitting, but when you're sitting, all of your internal organs are still sitting on your pelvic floor and your pelvic floor has to be on to support all of that. And so unless you're laying down, your pelvic floor is not recovering. Um, and also to recover from an episiotomy, a salt bath is actually the best thing for drying out the wound and to help that scar heal. Um, I think I put off a salt bath for too long and so I had like a first, the first week to 10 days I was too sore to do anything. But maybe if I had have gotten onto the salt bath earlier, I could have kind of um, sped up that process and then gotten on to pelvic floor contractions quicker. Yeah, I love that. Um, the last lady I interviewed also recommended the the salt bath, so that's um that's really good to to hear it a couple of times because then yeah, it might yeah. really consolidate to women that are listening and to like it. Everything that you Google, it's kind of like a ice pack, ice pack, ice pack, ice pack. But that made me worse. Yeah, um, interesting. There you go. Yeah. We should be careful as well about what we take from who we talk to because I did chat to my mum about it and I'm one of 11 children. Mum's had 11. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so her kind of mindset is like, yeah, of course your pelvic floor is going to be ruined after you have kids. And that's 
like where she's stuck at and I've been trying to encourage her to go and see a women's health physio because she gets a lot of pain in her hip and her back it was kind of yeah interesting that I could talk to some friends and they're like oh yeah like I'm experiencing that and I'm getting help for it um, as opposed to talking to some other people who might be like oh yeah I experienced that and that's just life mm. like it's not you can get better and you can get help and and education on how to live your best life, I suppose. Was there any specific part of the pregnancy posse? So you were a wonderful member of ours. Was there any specific part of it that you found helpful for your pelvic floor function? Doing the exercise classes, I just loved at the end of each class and and let's do the pelvic floor exercises. I think that's just so important to build into your everyday life and do them as often as you can. The most valuable thing that I took away from the pregnancy posse was horizontal rest. Until I read it on the pregnancy posse, I had never heard of it and I had never thought about it and I had never realised that, hey, when you're sitting or standing, your pelvic floor is on. It's on from the moment you get out of bed in the morning until the moment you lay down at night time. It's not like you sit down and your legs get a rest. Like you sit down and your pelvic floor is still on. So definitely the most valuable thing I took away was horizontal rest. Yeah, I love that. I think, um, like you said, a lot of people think sitting is enough rest, but in the early days postnatally, you need to actually lie down, which I know is, that's probably the hardest advice I give to women. They, they'd be happier to do 30 exercises every three hours, or, but actually yeah, lying yeah. down is the hardest advice to swallow, I think. So and also um, prenatal, like when you're 36 weeks pregnant, like, and you've got the added weight of the baby on your pelvic floor, like you need to lay down as well mm. and just rest that muscle. And I think that's probably a cultural issue in that we're not very good in general at resting. So I yeah. think motherhood is a really unique period of time to really surrender to that um and to sit more in that rest um because you need it you can't fire on all cylinders if you're not recovering properly so um and again thinking about that long-term health that you mentioned earlier like thinking not just about right now but like how do i want to feel in three months three years 30 years like i know the chinese have a, a concept around how you look after yourself in the first 40 days after birth will predict your long-term health as a woman. Um, And I think that that's probably something we could all adopt because I think there's this culture still of like, who can get back the fastest and who can be doing all the things. So Instagram mum with the Instagram baby. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a good time to just switch off social media, put your daggiest trackies on and just take it easy and ask for help. I know that's, um, that's a big one as well. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Kate. I think it's such a brilliant reminder again of looking after your pelvic floor and your body really well postnatally, how to heal well from an episiotomy, how to heal well from a vaginal delivery, and how to ease yourself back into exercise with the right guidance and support and to make it safe and appropriate for your pelvic floor. So I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kate. And whilst it is never too late to start rehab, I really do believe that there is this beautiful window of opportunity to capitalize on your recovery in the first four weeks after birth. So I'm going to chat specifically about the first month of recovery on the podcast today. And I know we're all busy and we might have jobs, other children, no family support, households to run, et cetera, et cetera. But an important component of recovery is rest. 
Yes, that is right. Rest, and by rest, I don't just mean sitting in a chair watching TV. I mean actually lying down. So horizontal rest, this is a vital part of your recovery to help your pelvic floor and abdominal muscles to recover properly. And this is the best position to completely offload these muscles, lying down. Now, you don't need to lie down for four hours every day, but I would recommend trying to do just short stints of horizontal rest, just sprinkled throughout the day. So lying down for 10 to 15 minutes, three times a day can make an enormous difference to how you're feeling at the one month mark. And if you can try to master the side lie feed, then I tell you what, that works wonders, combining feeding with resting too. Don't stress if you can't get it. It honestly took me about five months to get the side lie feed. But once you've got it, you will find that you're getting so much more rest on your pelvic floor whilst you are still feeding your baby. If you've had a vaginal delivery, please do consider the RICE rules. Now, RICE stands for rest, ice, compression and elevation. This is commonly used to treat sporting injuries, which I think is very ironic because really isn't labor and birth a marathon anyway. And I really do think we should be treating our pelvic floors exactly like a sporting injury. So please make sure to get your horizontal rest, ice your perineum regularly in the first few weeks to reduce pain and swelling. And you can do this by filling a condom with water and freezing it, or you can buy specific perineal ice packs. Compression looks like wearing recovery shorts or leggings or just a super thick maternity pad with firm underwear. And finally, the E in rice is elevation. So elevating our pelvic floor, which again ties back into horizontal rest. Now, one of the most common questions I'm asked is when can I start pelvic floor exercises and how should I start? What do I do? Now, you can start as soon as you feel comfortable after birth. So if you've had a C-section and you feel comfortable down there, you can start from day one or two. If you've had a vaginal birth, you may want to wait until any swelling or discomfort has settled down before you start. Now, remember, when you are starting pelvic floor exercises, we're not trying to do the strongest, longest holds of our lives. We are just wanting to activate and re-engage those muscles. So we're wanting to get the muscles fired up and remind the brain where the pelvic floor is. So start gentle and start simple. I would usually suggest three to five second holds, then relax completely, repeat five times and aim to do every couple of feeds. And I would always, always, always recommend you see a pelvic floor physio as part of your six week checkup, just to make sure that everything is on track and that you are recovering well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you see why I said you will have the most incredible respect for your body now? How much it has to go through to grow, nurture and birth our babies is beyond amazing. And knowing this information really helps you respect the healing journey, respect your pelvic floor and make sure that you look after it well after birth. So thank you so much for everyone who joined me for this five part pelvic floor series, because I think you are all absolute pelvic floor legends now. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming podcast series. And if you want to learn more about how I can guide you through pregnancy with Pregnancy Safe Workouts, a wonderful community of women and incredible birth resources, please come and join me inside the Pregnancy Posse. You can find out more at thepregnancyposse.com and trial the program for seven days. Otherwise, if you want any of my free resources, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at PhysioLaura. Now, go and get started on your pelvic floor exercises right now.